Yo, what up, folks? It's another edition of Hitting the High Notes, the quarantine edition of the Utah Jazz Talk Podcast. It is I, Hootran. Uh, Who Tran Superman? You can find me on Twitter because I, I am literally nowhere else right now. I am in my in my house, uh, following the quarantine rules, and um, uh, but I can podcast. I can socially distance uh, myself away from uh, Mr. Jared Barker. Go the distance, forty nine. What's up? Hey, uh, did, so have you quarantined yourself with iodine or something? Is that you're iodine or something? Iodine. Uh, no, I'm, yeah, because uh, you're uh, emphasizing the quarantine. Yeah, because uh, I'm ever since the movie um, uh, Coraline came out, I always say quarantine. Uh, um, uh, that's funny. We um, uh, we were bringing in a, a big guest here. You know him. He's Tanner Martin on Twitter. What's up, Tanner? Hey, man. How are you? I, I was going to go to Twitter and, and do your handle, but I decided to let you um, uh, you you tell us your Twitter handle yourself. All right. So right now, and hopefully, hopefully, assuming I don't get suspended again, we're at Tanmart03. So. Uh, last I checked, I was at 666 followers, so hopefully we can, can fix that. That might be why we're having all these plagues and epidemics. I'm not sure. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to stop flaming everybody, Tanner. But um, uh, you know what? You can flame anybody you want uh, on the podcast here. Um, uh, Great. Gentlemen, did you wash your hands flame before on. you came on? I did. I'm actually going to eat some Sugar House barbecue. Oh. Plug. I've washed my hands Winter so many please. times that that uh, I I don't think I don't think they'll ever regain any moisture. So we're good there. <laughs> that, is a, that, is a, that is a funny thing that like um, a lot of um, uh, women were complaining that men are complaining that they wash their hands so much that they don't know what hand lotion is. Uh, I haven't had too much of a problem with the, the moisture, but I, I do um, I like to use my Nivea Men lotion um, uh, after showering. So the the, the dry Utah Classy. air does not do well with my skin. So. That seems a little TMI to me, but <laughs> you got to lotion up, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else you want there. Um, uh, Tanner, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to quarantine. Uh, how long have you been uh, in in quarantine here? Uh, let's see. What what are we on now? About we're about what nine days in right now. Is that how long uh, it's been? It happened no, it last Wednesday, so like nine or ten days, right? Yeah. Oh man, it, it the days are just blurring together at this point. I mean, you could you could almost convince me it's a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's not that fun, to be honest. Uh, Jared, everything's blurring together. Yeah, right? everything's blurring together. Are we even podcasting? What is this? this I don't well, know I, I was going to say we're we're podcasting on a, a Saturday afternoon at one. This is like like way different than uh, the times that we usually pod. We usually do it like a late Wednesday night. Yeah. And, here we are, but it doesn't really matter. Like, um, uh, uh, <laughs> after I, I, random games, right, random you know. games. Oh, <laughs> uh, quarantine has been, um, uh, uh, Tanner, what, what are your thoughts about the uh, self quarantining and everything right now? Well, I think I'm no medical expert, but I think it's, I think this is exactly what needs to happen. I think, you know, when you've got an illness that's what 30, 40 times as infectious as, a, as the common flu, the only way to prevent it is you know you can take precautions with washing your hands using hand sanitizer but the only way to stop a spread is to right distance the problem is isolate the variable so i think it's great i think it's miserable i think it's it's scary what it's doing to the world economy but you know it's you got to pick the lesser of two evils sometimes wrong that's fake news sir <laughs> is that fake news <laughs> Everything's fake, been on news. Facebook, this is a fake news podcast. I see you've been on. You've, you've been, I see you've been on Facebook. You've been fact checked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quarantine actually happened really uh, 
at the right time for me. Like, so I have a myriad of problems. So I, I wake up every day going, do I have COVID-19 or am I just dying of regular um, uh, sicknesses that I have? Um, I actually have gout, which is funny for a 35 year old because, uh, you know, I'm 35 and not 65. That's and a, like, yeah, um, old man disease. yeah, like two weeks, ago, two weeks ago, like my gout flared up my feet. So it makes it really hard to walk. And it made my ankle oh, no. like and now my ankle is like swollen up and I thought I was getting better. But today it sucked because like it feels like my ankle is swelling up even more. So I'm like, awesome. Oh, no. Awesome. Yeah. I haven't been able to really leave or work or do anything like moving my laptop from my bedroom to my podcast, uh, like little office here uh, was a uh, chore. So, yeah, you know, life's it is what it is. <laughs> so you, you figure it, it out. It your sanctum. Your sanctum san- santorum, your pod cave. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just some uh, nice little place I have, though, so I can know I can come and and do some podcasts here, talk a little bit of jazz. I'm uh, obviously um, we're still reeling from the information. Um, just a week and a half ago, it's only a week and a half ago when um, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert was. Doesn't it feel like it was a month ago? Like it feels like forever feels ago. Forever ago. Yeah. Well, again, I'm a, when you have nothing to distract yourself, every day just kind of moves slower and slower. Um, I mean, Wednesday at tip-off, uh, or just last Wednesday, I guess, before tip-off, life was still pretty normal, you know, just, you know, 30 seconds before the refs got together and, and you know, called off the game. But at that point, you know, we were worried about this and, you know, we were taking steps, but life was normal. The tur- You never, you know, you never would have thought there'd be no conference tournaments, no NCAA tournaments, even general conference, the NBA, the MLS. Yeah, just canceled it's just crazy. It just, and, I mean, and that I, was like the light switch the that flipped mm-hmm. right there. That was it. Like the doctor rushing out onto the court. That was what changed everything. Is it's yeah, a little it's weird. Like the NBA was the big domino. Like that set everything mm-hmm. else in motion. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Like yep. yeah, and it, it's crazy how like we went from because we you know we talked about how like Woj used the word Rudy was careless and um, you know Donovan talks. We're, we're gonna get to this in a minute. How Donovan talked about how he was angry at Rudy Gobert uh, with how um, uh, flippant they were, which is, to be fair, like I feel like 90% of the United States at that point was was like Rudy. Like There were jokes about it. Like, right. every, you know, Joe Inglis made a joke about it the week before or, or a few games before, and um, we didn't really know the gravity of the situation until it happened. And that, you know, maybe, maybe Rudy was quote-unquote careless. But again, a lot of people right. were careless. Like Mike Conley was was careful. Like I heard Mike Conley was touching elbows mm-hmm. and being really, really protected because he's a father. He's got kids, and um, it, it's it's hard because you know thinking of those two mindsets. Um, you know, Mike Conley's in a different part of his life than Rudy Gobert is, and and Donovan is, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. So like, it feels like uh, that's brought to light a rift that we haven't. Um, uh, I don't know, like. Um, for months, I, I've been hearing about this rift, about with Rudy and Donovan, and maybe it's cognitive dissonance, dissonance on my part. Um, I don't like to read the tea leaves. I don't like to, to like, oh, their social media happens for this. They're not liking this. They're not doing this. But um, uh, in the fairness of trying to talk about both sides, I kind of looked at it, and I can I can be talked into that there is a rift. There is some sort of problems between. Jazz players, um, and um, uh, yeah, like, Tanner, what, what are your thoughts on the on the friction uh, in the jazz locker room right now? You know, I think I think one hundred percent. You know, it, it's true, right? Generally, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
Um, I don't think it necessarily means that, you know, these two hate each other and it's irreparable and they don't like playing together. Um, but I think there's definitely some, some issues there. I think often that comes from losing and not playing as well as you should, which we've seen from the team for much of the season. Um, obviously I'm not in the locker room, so I don't, don't know all the ins and outs and don't want to speculate too much, but I also don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, championship teams and elite teams from even ones I played on, you know, growing up in middle school and high school and place teams, places like that, you know, good teammates hold each other accountable. And sometimes that results in friction. I mean, if you look, what I was thinking is a lot of the great championship teams and I, I tweeted about this a little while back, but Jordan and Pippen went at each other's throat all the time. Kobe and Shaq hated each other's guts at times. They won five championships, LeBron and Kyrie, you know, they had their issues. They won a ring. Um, Draymond and KD went at it and they were one of the most unstoppable forces together. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I do think there's some, I do think there's, there's some, uh, confrontation there, some, you know, some hurt feelings, but I also don't think it's anything they can't work through and winning solves everything, right? I think winning cures all. So if they can, if they can get back to, to playing on the court, like we, we know they should, I think that cures, that'll cure a lot of this. Jared? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, didn't Michael Jordan famously punch Steve Kerr in the face? And they went on to win. So, I mean, like sometimes I think, I don't, I don't know why this stuff has been building. Like, is this from before and it's just been building for so long and they're just annoyed with each other, which I could kind of understand. Like, Get, you have the same coworkers for like an extended period of time and you're just like you kind of get sick of their antics and you're like man this guy freaking this guy <laughs> and so i don't know i mean it's 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 for me it's really hard to to know exactly what the what the issue is um because there's so much going on and but so there's so much we're not privy to like I don't know what exactly their issues are with each other. There seems to, there, yeah, it's like it's like Tanner said, there's smoke, there's fire. There's got to be something going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think those rumors just come from nowhere. Yeah, and then yeah. that's the problem. Is like, um, uh, Tanner, you said, you know, we're, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what's going on. That, that's why I personally don't like to look into stuff that people say online or try to read body language. Cause like, that's, that's not who we are. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't insert myself into Donovan's or Rudy's shoes because like they live a different life than I live and what they value are different than what I value, you know, and it's hard. But again, we talked about it. There's smoke. There was smoke. There was smoke before the, uh, do you think Tanner, do you think um, uh, it's mainly bought, brought on by the coronavirus, or do you think um, uh, the friction started earlier in the season? That's a good question, and I, I think early in the season. Um, and I think I think you can. I think the coronavirus is probably kind of the, the tipping point, maybe just the tip of the iceberg. It just you know kind of all started to boil over. But I mean, if you watched them throughout the year, um, again, I don't you know I don't who knows how big of a deal it is, but you'd see Rudy frustrated with his teammates at times, with Donovan not getting in the ball. Um, kind of made some comments before, um, and so I don't think it's new. I don't think it's new, but I think the coronavirus was kind of maybe maybe this isn't the right way of putting it, but I think it was kind of what gave Donovan, you know, what he kind of needed to to maybe almost justify being mad at Rudy Gobert. I, that's kind of my opinion. I don't think it, it it happened from one one incident. You know, think about 
I often think about in our own relationships, people that we get in, in fights with or, you know, our friends or, you know, our girlfriends or, or our, our siblings or whoever. It's generally not one thing that kind of sets us over the edge um, when we get into big fights with them. It's, it's, you know, little things, little things that start to kind of pick at us and pick at us. And then, um, you know, a larger event happens. They, they miss, you know, an important family event or, or whatever it may be. And that's kind of what kind of kind of leads to the friction, I think. Is that scary, Jared? Well, Tanner was right on the money with that girlfriend's comment. Girlfriends are notoriously angry at you for stuff that you did six months ago without you even knowing it. So, like, <laughs> sorry, ladies, that was just a, you know, it's a general pot shot at, at uh, femininity in general, I suppose. Yep, you can, you can, you can find him on Twitter at go the distance 49 <laughs> at go the distance 49. Go ahead and um, uh, slide into his DMs or whatever. Hey, um, hey, jokes, hashtag jokes. Is That's this some, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the ladies really like that joke. Um, <laughs> So, uh, guys, this, this is a scary time for the Jazz. Then, I mean, we have we have a Rudy Gobert Supermax suits uh, extension coming up soon. We have a Donovan Mitchell um, extension coming up um, uh, a little bit after that as well. Um, do you think this stuff um, uh, boils to can, can they repair this relationship? Is this a one or the other type thing? Do they work together? Uh, it's different than a regular workplace. And I know, you know, Gordon Hayward has really soured a lot of jazz fans on people staying here. So how do you guys, Tanner, how do you feel personally about um, uh, the future in the next couple of years with uh, Rudy and Donovan? I don't think at this point it, it needs to be a one or the other situation. You know, this is, this is obviously an outside perspective. I don't think so. Um, but it's also going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. You know, as of this point, I don't think so, but if, if they can't get into a rhythm, they, they fall into a six seed or even a seven seed, get bounced in the first round, neither plays particularly well. I think that that'll escalate things. Um, but like I said, I think winning cures Man, all. I think these guys are. You're, you're living in a world where playoffs still exist. I'm not sure if I live in that world anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. It, it may be, it may be played in a bubble in a, the players in their protective bubbles. Who knows what we'll see? But <laughs> yeah, like assuming we get basketball back. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Yeah, go ahead, Tanner. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie Bubble back. Boy, right? It's a terrible movie, but it applies. <laughs> assuming we get back, Tanner, what was that? Assuming we get basketball back, I think it's all going to depend on how this season plays out. Um, like I was saying, if if they make, you know, they they end up a three seed and make a Western Conference Finals run, even if they get bounced in five to the Lakers. You know, I think I think at that point these two just just playing for years and years on good teams. I know winning cares all. I mean, you can have teammates you can't stand. If you can win with them on the court, you're willing to put up with so much more than teammates you can't win with. So I don't think it's a one or the other situation right now. I do think it becomes that if the season falls apart, um, and that really puts you in a bad spot if you're the Jazz because who knows what happens then. Right, Jared. I'm. Uh, where are your confidence levels? Uh, where are your confidence levels now um, uh, about Rudy and Donovan and it working out? What What is your confidence level at? Uh, I'd say right now it, it's kind of like a toss up, fifty fifty, because I we haven't really been able to see them interact since I don't know. It feels like years ago now, but it's just been 
couple weeks. Donovan mm-hmm. went on Good Morning America and basically said that he hadn't talked to Rudy <laughs> since the diagnosis. So um, it, not so many words in a much nicer diplomatic sort of way, but just basically was like, I was pissed at him. I'm glad he's okay. Like, uh, so it's it, it's very hard for me to define you know, is this, how are they going to get over this thing unless we, you know, unless we see more time together and more, I think to me, what it's, what's going to define whether this thing's going to work is if, um, if Rudy were, let's say hypothetically, we do have the playoffs this year. If Rudy gets played off the floor um, in a series, I don't think this works out long-term. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, we've had, um, uh, I'll give you my confidence level because I remember after Donovan's rookie year, he had that great rookie year. There was a lot of excitement in the year. I would, I would, I was wearing my like John Donovan Mitchell jersey around everywhere, and everybody would ask me, Hey, do you think Donovan's gonna stay? Which I thought at the time was really crazy because number one, he's a rookie, like you know, with mm-hmm. the, the team options and everything, rookies are here for three or four years. Plus, they most likely signed the extension. So I was like, you know what? Ask me again in six or seven years. And never have I wavered that I thought, you know, because Donovan has always said the right things. He's he's talked about how much he loves Utah. He goes out and does things for the community. He explores Utah on his own, you know? And Yeah, and he compares it to Louisville and how he could go out and not be bothered and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little worried because I'm uh, now, um, uh, you know, I mean, he went to New York. That's where, that's where he lives. You know, he, like his family's out there in New York. He's, he's not in Utah. That's fine. He spends a lot of time mm-hmm. in Utah. You know, that's, that's not what worries me, but this stuff does, you know, do, does, you know, we're three years in now and I went from being not worried at all in his rookie year to, yeah, I'm probably a little worried now. Uh, I mean, I still right. think we're a couple of years away from it happening, but, if Donovan wanted to bolt, I mean, I can I can make a case now. I can see it now that I've mm-hmm, opened yeah. my yeah. So I don't know. It is it is yeah. a little scary. Um, uh, we I mean, just last week, last Wednesday, my planned podcast topic for the day was going to be a Rudy Gobert Supermax, and that that's when everything went mm-hmm. to hell. So we scrapped everything. Yeah, and that's going to be on the table still. That was, um, uh, that, was that was a very good like I I really loved the talking points that we had like already started to formulate for that like that it's going to be a good podcast but then yeah COVID-19 yeah jump from the top rope (laughs) yeah so eventually we'll get back to that but um uh, yeah there's a lot of uh, right now the jazz are in limbo the front office I still have uh, a great amount of confidence in the front office I feel like you know this offseason gave me way more confidence than maybe I should I don't know Uh, some of their moves didn't work out but I really feel with the chips that they had, they they made a lot of plays that um, you don't see from a lot of front offices. So again, we believe in, mm-hmm. I believe in Justin Zanuck. I believe in Dennis Lindsay. I don't want to speak for you guys, but um, I still believe in that, that if things, you know, don't go right, I feel, still think the jazz can recover from this. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is. Uh, that is uh, there. Uh, Jared, what are your thoughts here on, um, the, I mean, we, I, I mean, just a couple months or not even, not even a couple weeks ago, you were, you were already on board saying that the season's not going to happen. Um, it feels like we're still maybe a month and a half away before we even get any idea if basketball's going to start. I personally, if they decided to start the, the season again in mid July or early July, right? 
mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. to the end of August and decide to start the new season around Christmas time, I would be all for that. I've always thought the NBA season would benefit going from December to about August. But I don't know. What what do you think pros and cons of that are? Well, I think the the pro the the cons are that you have less I mean you have less stuff to watch in, in the fall. You know, we're used to basketball starting up in the fall and stuff like that. And then Yeah, but then your, your summer too, you know? your summer league goes away. Your summer league goes away. Um so that's kind of bummer but you know it is what it is and then but i don't know man it's kind of interesting because if that were to happen and the playoffs playoffs would definitely have to have finish up in september because you don't want to you don't want basketball and and uh nfl i was gonna say was, yeah well no 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 well well, not just that, but I was going to say that October is baseballs, you know. Well, yeah, like I think the league year would go like beginning of August is the finals, and then all the offseason stuff would happen from August to uh, like late November, and then like late November we would start seeing them. Um, uh, like after Thanksgiving, we would start seeing preseason and a lot of stuff for uh, for basketball. So um, the problem yeah, which, which I see cool. there is is the draft, the NBA draft, right? You've got you know a lot of these kids being drafted or. You know, it's, it's in the middle of a school year at that point, and so yeah. a lot of these guys have been out of school for quite a while, and it just—I I think that might make it a little, just a little—I don't know. Yeah, that would odd. make that precarious. I agree with that. Well, I'm a, they can either but choose I, college or choose NBA. That's that's their choice, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ultimatum. But no, no I think, I'm quitting school mid-year. Bye. <laughs> I think I think it's a unique idea. Um, I know that a lot of and a lot of organizations ticket sales fall in the summer just because people are so busy. You know, people are, are busy then they're, um, you know, they're on vacation, they're on all kinds of different things with their kids, with their families. I don't know what the impact would be on NBA ticket sales at arenas. Um, but I think that's definitely something they'd want to look at is, you know, that would be, that would be my guess is the summer is the summer is hard because like it's hot outside. You like, you don't want to be inside the building. You, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's like family time outside outdoors time. Um, I mean, it, it would be playoff time, you know, June, July, August would be prime playoff time for the NBA, but you know, right. that, that's why baseball is outside. I mean, it's, it's just thought I've, I mean, I, I've, I've always advocated for a shorter season anyway for the NBA, but again, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a hill there, uh, there. So. Um, so I don't know if you've got this question coming up, but I, I have a quick question. What, go for what it. do you guys think happens? Um, do they play an 82 game season? Do they jump right into the playoffs when it comes back? Cause it will come, the NBA will come back. Right. I mean, it's going to, but That'll be back. do they play a short you regular season? Some kind of little tournament that they wanted to have, but yeah. Um, I, it's hard for me to see the whole season being like, I mean, it just be so weird to have a whole season without a champion when they played games, you know? Um, right. mm-hmm. so give me a time frame. What, when do you think, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think um, uh, from the date that you give me, what they can do. Okay, I think uh, about end. Of, I, I would I would estimate that mid to late June they start playing games again. Now I don't know if that's in front of fans or not, but I would my guess would be mid to late June. Mid to late June. Okay, so that's that's kind of where like I, I said, beginning of July. That's basically all you can do at that point. I think is to play some playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. It it sucks for like the Grizzlies because um, everybody's like, well, we'll we'll have a play in for the eighth seed in the West because 
they're all fairly close. Even though like the Grizzlies have like a three game lead on all the, I mean, I say out of fairness for everybody, like, you know, as much as you want to see the race for the eighth, just take the top eight, just do it. Start the playoffs from there. You know, everything's mm-hmm. happened. It's happened. It, we're, we're in trying times. You got to do what you got to do to get games going. Um, you know, so the Jazz would end up as a four seed against the Rockets. Is that right? I so, think right now it's okay. Yeah, because it currently stands, yeah. Okay, see? Wait, is well, this? I think it's OKC currently. Um, let's see. You're right. OKC. Uh, uh, so Rockets and Thunder are tied uh, on um, uh, Google. It says OKC has the fifth seed. So I guess whoever has a tiebreaker there. All right. So yeah. So Jazz. Uh, I guess you. Yeah. You play. You you just play the playoffs out, and then you shorten next season. So you know. Again, that happens in August. Uh, let's say beginning of August is the finals. You do the off season draft all that stuff in August, and then um, uh, you take your off season um, uh, till about November, and then just play a shortened okay. season if you want to keep the the same NBA schedule. Like you lose games this year, you lose games next year. That would be my that would be my solution, I guess. Jared, yeah, although it kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah, just taking a few games away instead of just straight up. Going straight to the postseason actually makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I mean that. That's, that would be my how you decide guess. which games to cut is my. That's the only my, my only question. This year or next year? What games to cut? I mean, well, both. Oh, uh, this <laughs> year, year I think I, you can actually me. But sorry, oh, sorry, good. I was just saying. I was just going to say this year. I said they come back and they don't play any more regular season games. I think the playoffs just have to start. Oh, okay. No, yeah, like, yeah, it's got to go, you know. <laughs> so, like, hey, but you guys, I think, I think they need to play a few, uh, find a way to play six or eight of those regular season games. Again, I don't know how you pick which ones because some teams are gonna, you know, have an easier six or eight game stretch there than others. But I mean, I just feel like if you you hop right back into the playoffs, you know, with teams not practicing together, teams not playing games, you're gonna see some awful sixty nine to sixty six final games. No. That just you know, are the most That's boring games to watch. You know, it's, it's inevitable. So I think you need a little bit of almost like a ramp up period again to get get guys back into the flow of, of NBA basketball. A pre postseason. Yeah, you, you're probably right there. Yeah, um, it would give us a chance to you know, I mean, yeah, six games. Um, would you? I mean the strength of schedule is, is something that happens anyway. Like people just get strength of schedule. Uh, like last year, the jazz went on that really easy stretch to end of the year. Right. It just happens. Like right. it just, it just where, where things fall. So do you just pick up from the, like the last six games that already plays and just hope that it works out that way? I mean, yeah, I can see that. Um, For the jazz, I, a third of those games are the Lakers. So that'll be fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you like, um, uh, Tanner just kept talking about, you know, winning cures everything, but I had bad news because the jazz, Last game was against the Raptors. They lost, so that means the Jazz are supposed to be in the middle of a four-game losing streak. So that can't be good. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's do real quick here. Let's take our last break. We'll come back and we'll finish up with some uh, just some more Jazz talk. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. 
If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. All right, folks, welcome back. I'm uh, hitting the high notes. I'm uh, quarantine specials. Um, uh, just, you know, sitting in our house, social distancing from everybody, washing our hands, being safe, trying to flatten the curve, as, as they say. Um, so we're talking jazz here. Uh, so not only have the jazz been in the news for COVID-19 and everything, which, you know, obviously we're seeing now that players are anonymously, anonymously being um, uh, sent out. And it sucks that Rudy and Donovan got named, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but the Jazz have gotten PR, bad PR, um, uh, not just from the national media, but from their own local media. Um, things are not going really well. Uh, one of the big things that the Jazz uh, PR machines uh, that's hurt them is, have you guys heard about um, uh, the the story that Annie Larson wrote about Jazz workers um, uh, not getting that donation from mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert yet? Yes, I, I have been. And with, it, interesting with that is, I've been careful to try to, you know, want to want to light up the Millers and light up the corp, the Larry H. Miller Corporation because these things take time. I still wouldn't be surprised to see the Jazz pull out a million dollars or two million dollars or whatever it takes. But tax laws are really complicated. Um, it's not it's not great optics, I understand, but I'm not quite ready to just, you know, pull out my pitchfork yeah. and torch. How long? Let's go. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Yeah, you made you made the point about tax law because that, that that was my first thought. Like, oh, there's got to be some sort of weird tax things going, which is why they can't figure out how to mm-hmm. pay. Um, and, but I, I like I know my company. Um, uh, I'm not technically laid off, but I am encouraged to go get unemployment. Um, they uh-huh. they sent us a, a memo saying, "Hey, this is what you need to do to apply for unemployment." Plus, my company gave us uh, a two weeks of emergency funds as well. So that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. uh, I was I was like, all right, sweet. I mean, it's not. It's not a lot, but it's something, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what what makes the optics look even worse is that a lot of other teams are doing it without right. the mm-hmm. problems that LHM and now now do we think it's just the people who work at Vivint or is it because they have employees at the car dealerships, the employees at the movie theaters, and like everything that LHM uh, encompass, encompasses? You know, that's a that's a great point. I hadn't I you know hadn't even really crossed my mind until now, but yeah the Vivint arena and the Utah jazz staff there is, is a very small percentage of, of the total number of employees that work for LHM's companies. And so, you know, your, your, your movie theater employees, your, you know, they all, they all need this money too. And so, so I, I would imagine some of it has to be deciding who gets it, who doesn't, is it, is it split evenly amongst all the companies? Is it just the arena workers? And I don't think there's one right answer. And I think that's, you know, leads to a larger point about the whole COVID-19 thing is everything is new, right? This is uncharted territory for everybody. And so deciding who gets money, who gets, who keeps their job, who doesn't, who, who gets tested first, who gets, you know, when do we close schools down? When do we close stores down? When do we close roads down? Like there isn't really a right answer. And so there's always going to be people left out and people offended by decisions made. It's kind of like I said earlier is sometimes you have to pick the lesser of two evils and and maybe that's what they're still doing right now is is the you know is, is debating that, but the optics definitely aren't great. I you know I completely agree. Right, Jared, have uh, thoughts? I 
Well, it's it's feels like it's kind of like you gotta let the dominoes fall, chip let the chips fall where they may, right? Like it's like it's kind of like you guys are both saying is that these things are very in the larry age of companies everything's very intertwined and so it's hard to yeah people love to just let's start you know calling everybody out let's rail on this group and rail on that group and but you know it's kind of like wait and see when the dust settles somebody can make a a pledge or a statement of what they're going to do and not follow through and that's even worse like that yeah. and maybe it doesn't look as bad because everybody only paid attention to the first report but mm-hmm. yeah um, so Eddie Larson writes out for the trip, right? And he's the jazz beat writer for, for the trip, uh, one of them at least. And so this is interesting. So a little insight as a journalist, um, him putting that out there for public knowledge, obviously a lot of people were wondering about it and, you know, it kind of comes off as bad PR for the jazz, right? So Andy has to take, that's like, that takes a lot of courage to put that out there because, you know, there, there are sources, people that might not talk to him afterwards after like everything goes back to normal saying, Hey guys, like we were going through this hard time and you were mm-hmm. kicking us while we were down. And I don't, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Cause like Andy has a, um, he has a responsibility to the public because the public wanted to know, but was this, mm-hmm. it could have been premature. So I, I don't know. Like, how do you guys feel about that sort of journalism um, uh, from uh, the trip? You know, I, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I think, I think journalists in in twenty twenty have have really an obligation to their readers to to get them as much truth as they can give them. Um, but for for guys like Andy, he definitely has to walk a fine line between burning his, you know, burning his bridges, you know, outing his sources, things like that, and being able to give people the truth because you can't, especially in times like this when the team isn't necessarily playing great. We're in a global pandemic. You can't really just write fluff pieces all the time as much as people would love to be able to, you know, you know, believe that things are all sunshine and rainbows, rainbows, they're not. And so I think Andy has, is doing a good job of really telling people kind of what, what it is. Um, But I think, I think he's doing it in a respectable way as well. He's not, he's not really burning his sources. He's not, you know, calling people terrible he's just reporting what he's able to find out because it's not all good news and and that you know that frustrates people i think you know i think that frustrates fans readers and then people within the organization you know when you when you're reporting all good news nobody cares you know when it's the jazz are beating playoff teams by 30 points every night you know it's great news also not always great news that's also fake news by the way that is fake news. Yeah, that has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, even I, even I, when the Jazz, even when the Jazz, like we have those championship team run teams, like mm-hmm. we rarely beat those playoff teams right there. I don't know. Well, but when yeah, you say yeah. championship run teams, like God, when was the last time the Jazz had well, a championship like, run we team? To the title. Because we went to the title game. Come on, we went to the title series. Whatever. No, I'm saying like it's been, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was, I was in diapers the last time the Jazz played in, played in the finals. I was, I mean, I was six months old. So, Wait, so you, well, even that last what's your time, favorite uh, Jazz team growing up then? Oh, sorry. What was that? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Jared asked you what your favorite um, uh, Jazz team was. My favorite Jazz team growing up had to have been, I, I sound like a terrible fan because I can't remember the exact year, but it had to have been around those 2008 teams. Those was. The Kyle uh, Korver, Darren, Darren Williams, Williams oh, yeah. uh, Boozer, Boozer Memo Doker. 
Yeah, those teams are fun. Those you fun know, you had the team that made the, the Western Conference Finals run uh, and got to, against yeah. was that the Lakers? Uh, Spurs. The Spurs. Spurs. Okay. <laughs> Spurs. Yeah. It was Lakers yeah, like the next year. Spurs. Spurs the year before that. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was just a fun team. Kind of, it kind of just bell went together, doesn't it? Just getting beat up by the only teams. Mm-hmm. I loved watching. I mean, Darren Williams, Chris Paul battles were great. Darren Williams won most of those back in the day, which you know, really crazy to see the, the oh, arc their careers took. But Mehmet well, Okur, sure. you know, was a was the first of his kind, right? There weren't seven footers shooting 38% from the three point line then. I mean, that was, he was a unicorn. Memo for money. Yes! And so Jerry Sloan, you still had Jerry Sloan's fire on the bench. That was, that was probably one of my favorite teams for sure. Yeah, that's some, uh, it's, it's up there. Like, I'm a uh, Riley Geisman put out a like uh, a March Madness bracket of like the best jazz teams. And I was like, I really hope that 07 08 team goes far because I, I, it is one of my favorite teams. Darren Williams was one of my favorite. Jared, I, I feel I, I feel so bad that you miss out on those two years. <laughs> those are two great years of, of jazz Man. basketball. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, you did it for good reason, but um, uh, you know, we got, I it's mean, like being, it's like being. It's it's that old joke that everybody tells to let you they let you down one last time or whatever. It's like at my funeral, oh, <laughs> want the jab to carry my car. I mean, <laughs> peak Boozer, peak O'Kerr, peak uh, Darren Williams. I mean, uh, even um, yeah, uh, not, they'll, let, they'll let me down. They'll fall short again. Well, I mean, like always. I mean, this Jazz team's I'm uh, falling short of everybody's expectations. Doesn't mean it's not fun. You know, doesn't mean we haven't yeah, had some good I good memories. Like the the last three years, I, um, uh, I talked to too many twenty somethings that are championship or bust like all the time. I'm like, if you can't enjoy the ride, then why are you even fan? Like, otherwise it's just misery. Yeah, I've, your uh, team's not gonna win the title every year. Uh, yeah. or even one year. I mean, looking at the past cha- champions <laughs> of the, uh, of the uh, uh, looking at the like, I mean, the NBA just doesn't have that sort of parity that we we see like in the NFL because you know the, the right. leagues are different. And um, uh, the the joy is if you can be the Dallas Mavericks or the Detroit Pistons to think. Yeah, you gotta have a top five player basically to win a title. Well, it's just to bust yeah. a party up, up for those teams that um, uh, um, even that Heat before they they before they put the big three in, like those championships mean a lot because it was like, hey, you know, we didn't have a dynasty team, but we got we got one out of those um, you know, away yeah. from the Spurs, the Lakers. Yeah, they had Wade um, and uh, a hobbled Shaq. Everybody loves everybody loves an underdog, right? You know, Robert Downey right, Jr., yeah. Seabiscuit, uh, Kim Kardashian. So, or a comeback story. Yeah, Damn, that's why that that's why that Mavericks point. championship team resonates with a lot of people too. It's like they were an underdog; they're a bunch of old savvy vets yeah. with Dirk playing out of his mind. Exactly, and so I mean, I, I assure you, the Dallas fans hold that championship in high regard because of how improbable it was and like you gotta enjoy the ride you know like the jazz yeah. again this year yeah. we, we talked about the expectations that jazz fans had for this team were really high really high mm-hmm. and it, if if the season ended today they fell very short of those expectations does that mean that it was does it mean it was an unenjoyable season no there, there were some parts that were unenjoyable yeah, i still had a lot of fun yeah but we got we got Boyan game winners. We we got to see um uh we got to see two all stars for the Jazz. I mean it's not it's not a bust of a year. It's it's hard to say yeah. championship or bust, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, our last two all star was 
they weren't even in the game together, right? <laughs> what was that Tanner? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't have anything there. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say. So, um, uh, oh, Tanner, no. gr- growing up, um, uh, so you're you're probably a little bit younger than I. <laughs> like, if you were in diapers when '98 happened, um, um, what uh, like what made you a jazz fan? How did you become a jazz fan? Um, you know, I think what's funny is I actually just sent this picture to someone a few weeks ago. Um, there's a picture of me coming home from the when I came from home from the hospital. I was I was born six and a half, seven weeks early. Um, so I was in the ICU for a little bit. And the first night I came home, there's a picture of me laying on my dad's chest, uh, just as a baby asleep watching a a jazz bowls game where apparently Stockton or somebody hit a game winner. I I don't know all the details, but it wasn't a playoff game. It was a regular season game would have been December, early January. And just, I kind of just grew up with it. Basketball was my love for my whole life. You know, I played it from the time I could, before I could walk. And I just always loved playing basketball. I was an only child at that age. And so my dad and I went to a lot of games, um, saw a lot of fun games with, you know, especially, you know, the first earliest memories of going to games are kind of those Oh two Oh three teams when I was five, six, seven. Um, and then just loved them since, you know, my dad and I, we went to the John Stockton, uh, I guess the tribute they had there. And we caught tickets to the Rocky mountain review from you know one of the blimps and went to that. And so, just had a lot of fun memories with him growing up, going to games, and it's it's just carried over to my adult life. It's just loving the jazz. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad that I'm uh, I'm glad that I'm uh, number one. You got out of the ICU. Humble brag. So good job. Yeah, uh, yeah. Humble brag. <laughs> Twenty three years ago. Yeah. So being a but being a jazz fan, I'm uh, for uh, for basically since you were born. That's that's awesome. Um, uh, again, you talked about how is that a flex? No, it's, it's, it is it is definitely not a flex. I just like to I like to be ironic sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, you're good. I'm <laughs> um, But um, uh, so like, what uh, what are your hopes for this Jazz team? Let's say this year ends the way we all think it's going to end with either a first or second round loss. Like you know, I'm sorry to be the Debbie Downer, but let's say it ends with a second round loss. Um, a lot of people would think that's a disappointment. Some people would think that's fine. Um, what what can the Jazz I, do to get better next year? You know, I I, I think that's a, that's a that's a great question. One I hadn't really considered. Um, I do think if it's a first or second round loss, I've long considered that's a very that's a pretty disappointing season. First round is absolutely a disappointment. Second round, if they push it to six or seven games, maybe maybe not quite as bad. But I think um i think first and foremost i think mike conley needs to play like 33 million dollar mike conley um i think that's the biggest thing i think uh the bench needs to get a little bit deeper which is tough to do you know bench pieces you know good bench pieces want to go to contending teams where they're you know they can see their role so the jazz would need to be able to prove that to guys um i think tony i think backup center was a big need that i think tony bradley is starting to fill um, you know, if, if he continues to improve over the off season, I think that could go a long way as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's my He's Tony not Bradley. A big Tony Bradley guy. No, I, I'm not either. I'm not a huge Tony Bradley guy either. I, I always say he do barely could get toilet paper under his shoes when he jumps, but <laughs> I say that as a, as a, 
I say that as a six foot white kid who at his peak could dunk a volleyball. So, I mean, take that with a, you know, take that for what it's worth. <laughs> um, uh, well, um, uh, Tanner, thank you very much for um, uh, joining us. Um, I, I know we had some scheduling problems, but we're here on a Saturday afternoon. Um, uh, uh, you heading out anywhere today? I might actually be going off to play a little basketball outside at a park with some friends, just shoot okay. some jumpers, throw a football around just two or three of us. We're practicing our social distancing, but we're all losing our minds cooped up in our houses. So. All right. Well, what are we going to wash our hands? You're going to be six feet away from each other, right? So all open jumpers. A dream. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's my dream. Yeah. Break <laughs> <laughs> out the Nerf football. An introvert stream. Uh, Jared, anything you got to say to our um, uh, loyal fans who are listening during um, uh, the pandemic? I mean, thank you. Because without you, we would just be putting this out for no one to listen to. (laughs) And I still still would. I still would. Yeah. All right, folks. I still uh, This is um uh, Jerry Barker. You can find him at Go the Distance Forty Nine. Nice Tanner. Hit, hit us up with your Twitter one more time. Tanmart zero three at Tanmart zero three. Tanmart zero three. But you know, follow him before he gets suspended again. Um, yeah. All right. I'm gonna ask you guys a question here. So one of the local businesses uh, we we have their ads. We talk about is the Great Room Escape in Layton. Um, obviously, because Ooh, yeah. of social distancing, this is a business that um, uh, is just not getting a lot of people right now because nobody's going out to escape rooms, which is their prerogative. That's fine. Uh, if I bought a gift card for two people, should I? How should I give it away to to the fans of this podcast? What, do you guys have any ideas? Hmm, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, maybe a duel, maybe, maybe a wrestling match, maybe after, yeah, after when we can be within six feet of each other, maybe like a boxing match could be fun. (laughs) This is supposed to be be a social distancing contest there, sir, but you know, we'll figure something out. So (laughs) So we'll use those, we'll use those big, you know, those giant spring loaded, uh, boxing things that they always have in the cartoon. We use one, we'll use those things for our boxing match. Just strap go. two there of those yeah. onto somebody. <laughs> so, all right. Apparently, um, uh, there was some violence together. I, keep a, keep an eye on my Twitter at Jazz High Notes. We'll figure something out. We'll get you guys some tickets. Um, uh, so um, uh, to help keep people in business. Um, uh, enjoy quarantine, everybody. Um, uh, hope hopefully everybody's doing well. I hope you're not getting too stir crazy. And um, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Wash those hands. Oh, yeah. My big worry, this yeah. is kind of off topic, but my big worry is with everybody freaking out using hand sanitizer now, which is great, but hand sanitizer is nowhere near as effective as washing your hands for 30 seconds with hot soap and water. So I'm afraid that people are or will begin using that as, as kind of a crutch. It's, you know, they'll, they'll use hand sanitizer. But I sure hope not. Hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I sure you're, hope not. You're supposed to disgusting. wash your hands 30 seconds with soap and water and then use the hand sanitizer. Um, I know we're all lazy, but you're supposed to do that. Oh, have you, you guys seen the video where it, it shows you how to, the best way to wash your hands? So you turn on the water, mm-hmm. get your hands wet, and you turn off the water, lather it up with soap for a good 20 seconds, and you turn the water back on, you know, you let it get hot, etc. And then wash your hands. And then you use a towel that you're drying your hands with to turn the faucet off.
Legit, right? What I'm trying to figure out is it is this is this my end credit scene or should I put this at the beginning of the podcast as a PSA? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>